Hello, this is uh, the part of our wee gathering. Uh, well, first of all, I hope you got your Easter egg okay. I hope you haven't ate it all yet. Uh, my favourite Easter egg. What has been my favourite Easter egg this Easter season? I, I like the Cadbury's ones that are 75p in Tesco just now. But anyway, we're going to open up the Bible and we're going to read a couple of verses together. We're just going to read a, a little bit more uh, from what Maddie shared earlier in Luke chapter 24. But before I do that, I'd love to pray uh, for us. So why don't we pray? Living Jesus, will you right now be walking into our homes, sitting with us, speaking into our hearts as we reflect on this glorious day? I pray for those of us who are feeling in despair right now, those of us who are doubting, those of us who feel stirred, those of us who feel empty, those of us who feel full, those of us where hope has run dry pray that you will come and meet with us right now. Come Holy Spirit. Pray that your presence invades every space and every home that's connected into this this morning. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read Luke chapter 24 and I'm going to put my mug. Yes. It's quite sticky, that, so it works. It's a bit dangerous. Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning, lost my place there, stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. This day is such an important day. It's a day that changes everything. And it got me thinking of days that have changed everything in my life. And uh, I remember as a five-year-old walking home from school and saying the prayer to accept Jesus into my life, holding my mum's hand, walking home from primary one. And then uh, I was kind of whispered it on the way home. And uh, we got up to the lollipop man, we crossed over the road. And I remember just whispering to my mum and telling her, I, I just asked Jesus into my life at five years old. Uh, that was an important day. I remember meeting Mary. My uh, parents, my family had moved up to Inverness in 2004 and I had come through uh, for the weekend and I met Mary. Mary was singing in the praise band and uh, the rest was history. Voice of an angel. and uh, <laughs> Voice of an angel. But uh, I knew at that point that, uh, yeah, I, I fancied her and I, I wanted to get to know her a bit. And now we are married 11 years with, with two kids. I remember when our boys came into the world. I remember when Joshua and Struan were born, such incredible days, days that changed everything. And I mean everything, uh, just glorious, fantastic days. I remember moving to Inverness to plant Inverness Vineyard Church two and a half years ago. I think it's two and a half years ago, yeah, more than two and a half years ago. I remember just that feeling of adventure that we still have, that's still alive and kicking, but 
uh, that, the excitement, the expectancy. And then if we're to think of the world and, and what's going on, I reflect back on 9-11. I, I, I imagine most of us can remember where we were at that point. I was in fifth year at school, uh, or yeah, fifth year at school, and I was going home for lunch. And I remember just glued to the television. I had the rest of the afternoon off just in shock as to what I was seeing. And the world changed as a, as a result of that. And, you know, if we reflect right now, we're living in a season where everything has changed. It might point to when this virus has started or when lockdown was announced. These are days when everything has changed. But, and there's a but here, we have uh, another day if we love and live for Jesus. And this day, this Easter Sunday, when we remember when he rose from the grave after dying on a cross, defeating death for you and for me. Now you might be thinking and watching this morning, okay, how does something that happened over 2,000 years ago have any relevance to where I am at? Or you may be sitting having listened to an Easter talk every year, year after year after year. You know, this is a victory moment like no other. It's a victory moment, a victory moment. I wonder what victory moments you have in your life, you've had in your life. I don't have many of them. In fact, the two I'm going to share are really scraping the barrel. Uh, I won a Thomas the Tank engine colouring competition once when I was four and I got to meet the offer and I got a signed book, which uh, I still have. I wonder if it's worth anything. I might, I might check, out, check that out. I also won the gold medal in 200 metres in Primary 7 in the Highland Games. I remember that well and I still have the medal. It's hanging up in my study as pride in place. I'm joking, it absolutely isn't hanging up in my study. But uh, that was a good victory. And victories are good for the soul. They fill the tank, they sharpen, they sharpen us. Someone said to me once, Thomas, you're a great guy, which is really nice of him to say that. But he says, when you get into a squash court, you transform, you change. You're all smiley and then when you cross that line, it's like, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm ready to try and pursue victory. Now, I've done a lot of soul searching after that and I agree wholeheartedly. Even down to a game of Uno, I like the battle. I like to be able to, to win. And we are surrounded by moments in all sorts of different contexts where to be victorious... And to declare victory looks a certain way and means certain things. And you know, this message is so timely right now because of where we find ourselves as a world right now in light of uh, this pandemic. It is blooming tough. It's blooming tough. We have to acknowledge that. This has been, this is probably on reflection, this has been my toughest week just in terms of trying to process everything that has been happening. You know, we can ride the novelty in a way. We can try and ride through it, this wave of difference. But we can't hide from the fact that this is causing catastrophic damage to uh, so many households in our land. Because the... <coughs> Excuse me. If I don't... Uh, yeah, never mind. Excuse me. And we need a victory story. We need a hope to cling to right now, more than ever. We need good news. And this morning, if you're tuning in, we have it in this book. We have it. If you know Jesus, you have it. 
Maybe you need to hear that for the first time. If you, if you were to know Jesus, accept Jesus into your life, you will have that hope. You will have that good news. You will have that victory story to cling to right now in these times. Or maybe you need to hear that afresh. We sang, uh, Becca led us in the song, O church, come stand in the light. The glory of God has defeated the night. Jesus is alive. And God loves you and he's defeated all the stuff that has gotten the way between us and him. When he died and when he rose again. God loves you so much this morning. He loves you so much. That he didn't give up on his people time and time again. We can read that throughout the Old Testament in the Bible. And then ultimately he sent his son to take our place. He took it on himself and he paid it all for us. A gruesome death. In a book called Isaiah, in Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 6, we can read a few verses reflecting that. And this is what's called a prophecy. It's a foretelling of Jesus coming. So this was way before Jesus was here on earth. In Isaiah 53, 4 to 6, it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now the iniquity being at sin are immoral, selfish ways. If we're to look at the word sin, right at the centre of that is I. It's like choosing I. Uh, you might feel astray this morning. You might feel alone. Jesus is the hope bringer this morning. And there's something about this victory. There's something about this victory that is, is different. And I want to share that. It's, a, it's almost redefining victory. So I've got a couple of quick points. It speaks firstly of, of uh, we are strong when we're weak. So there's a whole thing about weakness and strength. There's a guy in the Bible called Paul who uh, used to just despise Christians. He would persecute them. He would give them the toughest of times. And he had a powerful life-transforming moment where he uh, ended up becoming an amazing servant of Jesus, sharing his hope all around the world. And in a book of the Bible called Second Corinthians, he says this. This is what God said to him, actually. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's an odd thing to read, isn't it? You know, weakness in our culture can be perceived, or we can believe it, as a really negative thing. Pull yourself together. We need a stiff upper lip through this. We need to get on with it. Power through. Boasting in weakness is what is said in this in these verses in 1 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians. Can you imagine? 
When was the last time we did that? Bringing them out and declaring, I can't do this on my own. I need someone who can carry me through this. And that is strength. But where we look for that strength is vitally important. And we look at Jesus this Easter Sunday. He died on a cross. And Satan thinks the cross was his greatest triumph. It was actually the ultimate defeat for him. Jesus won not by becoming stronger, but by becoming weaker. Taking an unbelievably gruesome, horrible death on a cross. By taking ours and Satan's worst upon himself. And then he rose again. He rose again. He broke that power. He broke Satan's power. Jesus won for us, for me and for you, a relationship with God that will last. There's no changing with that. It will remain. It doesn't matter what happens from now on. From a place of weakness on the cross to victory in an empty tomb. Wow. Wow. Maybe you are feeling weak this morning. That's okay. Don't put on a mask. Don't hide it. Especially now. We can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. Jesus rose from the grave for you and for me. He did it for love. And he is enough for us. He is enough. Don't fill, let's not fill our lives with stuff that doesn't matter. And I feel that's being realigned in this season as lots of stuff has been taken away from us as a result of this. I want to ask what matters to you? What is the invitation just now? Are you living the life that Jesus has provided for you? What is changing? What is God whispering? And then we look at this victory that's being redefined. It brings us freedom. It brings us freedom. I wonder how many of you remember watching Tim Henman. Tim Henman. He was the epitome of, <coughs> excuse me, of British summer times as I grew up. I remember my auntie, you know, shouting, come on, Tim. You could hear everyone in the telly, come on, Tim. That's a great accent, isn't it? Henman Hill. Robinson's juice adverts. But the agonising journey that Tim Henman would go on each year. He'd win, he'd win, he'd win. He'd get to Wimbledon. Victory after victory in his matches. Nearly reaching this trophy. This is his year. And ultimately, unfortunately, it never happened. It never happened. Or remember the singer Gareth Gates. Do you remember Gareth Gates? He won, I think, Pop Idol. He didn't win it, but he ended up doing really well. Really well in this. And he had some crazy hair. Wonderful voice. Boy band looks. And he was going to be the artist of our generation. Uh, that wasn't me that said that. I didn't quite agree with that. That was what the critics were saying at the time. Uh, just to clarify, I, I don't listen to Gareth Gates. I have better music tests, such as Celine Dion and Nickelback which we shared uh, in previous weeks. Now with these, <laughs> with these examples, and I'm sure loads more, the victory, the success that these people encountered, I believe, brought weight. It brought weight in our culture. The weight of pressure, the weight of expectation, the nation on their backs, the hunch. Just as I joked about it earlier when I was trying to get my posture right, you know, the weight on their shoulders. Their weight in the shoulders. And with some folk you can see that. You can see the weight resting on them. 
the weight of opinions, the weight of being watched, the weight of having to perform. As victories in these two examples that I'm sure brought a lot of good things, but also carried unhealthy stuff too. We are captured by all sorts of stories in our culture, but we are freed by only one story this morning. And that is that Jesus came, he died, and he rose. There's a, a rapper, and don't worry, I'm not going to rap, called Propaganda. And he wrote a gospel spoken word, and I'm going to read it out uh, in my best spoken word voice. Clearly, since the only one that can meet God's criteria is God, God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness, his death, functions as payment. Yes, payment. He wrote a check with his life, but at the resurrection we all cheered, because that means the check cleared. Pierced feet, pierced hands, blood-stained son of man, fullness, forgiveness, free passage into the promised land. And the Easter story brings us freedom this morning. You won't find Jesus in a tomb because all the weight, all that weight he defeated, our weight of sin, the rubbish, and we don't need to carry it. We can hand it over to him. The victory at the empty tomb means that we can live free this morning. So what we bring into our living rooms this morning as we've stepped in, or our bedrooms as we've, as we've connected in this morning, the pressure, the expectation, the opinions, the being watched, the guilt, the shame, the disappointment, the anger, let's not live with a hunch this morning. We can leave it with Jesus. That is the gospel, that it is finished. We were singing, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? We pray. We pray more, uh, I've lost my place here. He didn't pay the debt for us to wrestle it back. Is what I'm trying to say. He didn't pay the debt for us to wrestle it back. Uh, we always have awkward moments with our family uh, where you're at a restaurant and you go, I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay. Oh no, you pay. Oh, are you sure? Oh no, no, I'll give a bit. I wonder how many of us do that with Jesus. He didn't pay the debt for us to wrestle it back. And then just finally, I want to speak about head knowledge and our hearts. I love speaking about the heart because it's the place where life flows and Jesus loves to speak about it and into it we only need to look through the gospels and uh, what he spoke and you know we can believe all this stuff from a head knowledge we can go okay I believe this I've looked at it I've heard it every single year I know all the evidence I've weighed it all up I agree and accept this as fact you know we can grow knowledge and understanding but what we learn has to travel down here it has to shape here. It has to course and flow through here. Because that's where life flows. Where the rubber hits the road. We are to guard our hearts. We're to check the condition of our hearts. And if you are in the habit of checking your heart and really guarding it in this lockdown, in this season, I want to encourage you to spend a few hours alone which is a bit easier to do just now. And think about what you do and why you do it. I want to ask us, are we living resurrection lives? Because this Easter Sunday, celebrating Jesus rising from the dead is for you and is for me. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He cares for you. He has gifts for you. 
He has promises and life for you. And we're to let that shape our heart this morning. We're to receive that this Easter Sunday. When all around my soul gives way, he alone is my hope and stay. So he redefines victory this morning. We come in our weakness. We remember we are to live in freedom. Don't walk with a hunch. Hand that weight to Jesus. And we're to allow our hearts to grow in him.